the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Seventy-two hundred seconds of nothing but auditory joy. That's what you're in for. It's the Rob Black Show. Two hours, sixty minutes, and/or seventy-two hundred seconds. Now all I got is about seventy-one hundred and forty seconds to the left to kill. Get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. We can talk about anything. Anything. We can talk about investing. We can talk about the state of Texas versus state of California. We can talk about money. We can talk about resources that you like, that you use for financial information. I would love to do a show where you call in and you entertain me. I would love to do a show where you call in and you give me the content of the day. Because I know a lot of you are smart out there. I know a lot of you are smarter than I am. One thing that I will do that you will not do is I will outwork you. I will aggressively outwork you. I will get up early. I will stay up late. That's the one thing I promise. It's the one thing that I do well. Anyhow, anyway, uh, pledge on this show. You listen. I will get you to retirement, hopefully with a little bit more do-re-mi than what you had before. You listen. I will give you investment ideas. You listen. I will give you financial tips. You listen. I will do what I can to infotain you. Infotainment comes in a variety of hats, though. Keep that in mind. Sometimes I'm going to offend you. Sometimes I'm going to shock you. Sometimes I'm going to scare you. Sometimes I'm going to comfort you. And sometimes I'm just going to give it to you as it is. Why do I do that? If I were to tell you every single day, you know, the number one thing you can do is max out your 401k, get term life insurance, make sure you get disability insurance, and uh, have six-month emergency fund. The show would get really repetitive and really dull and really boring. So sometimes I have to shock you. It's part of what comes with with this show. I have to show you that content lies under our nose each and every day, and we see it. Content, financial content, does not have to be boring. It could be insightful. For instance... If we took a look at the top 10 television shows of the last decade, they will tell us something. What do shows like CSI Crime Scene Investigation tell us? It came out in October 2000. It became a franchise. Americans like cookie cutter. American likes formula. Now, what, what, what does cookie cutter and formula mean? I mean, CSI Miami, CSI... Uh, New York, CSI LA, CSI. I want to do a CSI like Des Moines, Iowa. Because <laughs> nothing is going on in Des Moines, Iowa. I once did a seminar in Des Moines. It's a lot of white people. You have any color in your skin, I think they ask you to leave. I mean, any color. If you look like you're Italian, you know, olive-skinned Italian, you're out of there. Anyway, uh, CSI Iowa, coming to CBS. It's a franchise. Americans love franchises. Now, I know you're saying that's one of the top 10 TV shows in the last... Uh, good golly, decade, and it's a franchise. What does that teach me about investing, Rob? Is that 
Americans love franchises. Stores like uh, Cheesecake Factory is a franchise. McDonald's is a franchise. We like things the same. We like our burger in France to be the burger that we get in Des Moines. Same exact thing. We like fran- You can invest in franchises. So P.F. Chang's, when, the, when there was four of them in the state of California, it was a cute idea. And the next thing you know, there's 400 of them in the, in the nation. And franchises are good at one thing, growing revenue. We see the revenue growth, and Wall Street goes, hey. <laughs> they love the revenue story. It's a revenue story. Wall Street loves revenue stories. Wall Street loves earnings. Wall Street loves dividends. Wall Street likes buybacks. But the one thing CSI Las Vegas has taught us is, is franchises. We like cookie cutters in the United States. Get a phone call. Let's get a Tony, Daily City, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Tony. Hey, what's up, Rob? Eh, not too much. So explain to me and us, I don't know too much about it, this whole carbon trading. It's like the stock market, but you're trading carbon. Al Gore came up with that. Not necessarily he came up with it, but I know that he talked about it. And I have no idea what it is. I've heard about it. But I figure you know more about it. Um, I could tell you what I think about um, carbon trading. I think the big losers are people who pollute a lot. Um, companies like refiners, companies like Valero, uh, for instance, companies like ExxonMobil, they're a big integrated oil company, so you don't really know that they do as much refining as they do. But pure play refiners, uh, I think, are the hardest hit. So that's something you have to keep in mind. And thanks for the call. As far as carbon trading goes, it's it's called emission trading. It's an approach to controlling pollution by providing economic incentives for achieving reductions in emissions. A coal factory, for instance, um, due to emissions trading, coal could become less competitive as a fuel. Coal is a very dirty fuel. Natural gas is a very clean fuel. If they have incentives to reduce how much they pollute, then they're going to come up with some clean, you know, stack technology. But we as a nation will favor natural gas over coal because financially it'll be a limit or a cap on the amount of a pollutant that can be emitted. Companies or other groups can trade these, uh, you know, uh, emission trades with each other in these incentives. So they can say, you know, hey, you give me some of your your pollution credit, I'll give you $10,000. Uh, the transfer of allowance is referred to as a trade. Companies that need to increase their emissions have to buy credits from companies that pollute less. So, for instance, let's say GE suddenly says we're going to have no – we're going to change all of our light bulbs and we're going to cut our emissions by 30% as a as an, uh, company. So they may trade some of their cap emissions to a coal company and they may say give us some cashola for it. In the United States, it's a national market. It's trying to reduce acid rain. Nitrous ox, uh, nit- good God, see, this is where I, I lose my intelligence. I'm not very intelligible when it comes to words like nitrogen oxides. Uh, not a chemist, not a, not a biologist in any way, shape, or form. But it's a system that, again, punishes companies. I think it punishes companies that pollute. And these are coal companies, uh, some energy companies that use coal, uh, some companies uh, that refine oil, which obviously pollute the environment. You know, it's not a rocket scientist to look at the companies with smokestacks and see that they got some emissions going up in the air, and it's going to cost them a little bit more money. To me, uh, it's a system that's in place, and I go, I'll pay attention to it. So, anyway, with that said, um, 
cap and trade versus offsets created through a baseline and credit approach. Our government continually wants to push more of these out there and uh, continue to refine the system so that we pollute a little bit less. The good news is, if I were to get a little bit off topic, is our nation is a lot less manufacturing-oriented than we were 10, 20, well, let's say 20, 30, 40 years ago, not even 10 years ago. We've been moving towards what's called a services economy where we send our goods elsewhere to be manufactured in China and India. And China and India, they don't mind polluting. The United States, we're like, oh, no, you can't pollute. So it's, it's a little bit more heinous of an act here. Anyway, let's get back to the TV shows. And anyone can call in 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Uh, I'm talking about television shows and what we can learn about investing from television shows. The top 10 shows in the last decade, CSI crime scene investigation clearly taught us a little bit about franchise. How about this one? Daily Show with Jon Stewart. What did that teach us? It spawned the Colbert Report. Um, Weeknights on Comedy Central. It's a one-two satirical punch between Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert. It keeps viewers abreast of the foolishness that they suffer at the hands of the media. One thing that I could throw out there on on clearly what Jon Stewart is teaching us as an investment lesson is CBS is dead. ABC is dying. NBC is selling themselves to Comcast because it's struggling as a network. Network television is dead. Back when you and I were kids, we could have invested in CBS. We could have invested in ABC, which eventually becomes Disney. We could have invested in NBC as they got acquired by GE as a way of diversifying their business plan. And we would have said, wow, you can own network television. There's only three of them. They got a monopoly almost. They got you know, the whole board of people who watch television go to one of the three. And then there was a little bit more competition. Fox came along. Fox got really cute with their advertising model, Rupert Murdoch. You can't put on shows like Beverly Hills 90210, which if you were a 15-year-old girl, you had to watch it. So what he did was he put advertising on for 15-year-old girls. He said, and screw the eyeballs. We don't need to look at eyeballs as a way of running a business. We need to put zit cream in front of the people who are watching shows at at that age. We need to put cheap, affordable cars. uh, Because if you're a 15-year-old girl, you you want daddy to go buy you a car. But daddy says, you know, I'm not going to put you in a Mercedes Benz. You're 15 years old. You're going to wreck it. So what daddy puts her in is is like a VW Beetle or something along those lines, a VW Rabbit. Uh, You get the basic idea on what changed due to um, the the advent of The Daily Show, ABC, NBC, CBS. We no longer go to Katie Kirk. Katie Kirk is irrelevant as a news anchor. We no longer have to have that feed. So that's the investment lesson The Daily Show taught me. There's also another lesson with The Daily Show. What's that? Well, I'm going to have to save that one because uh, it's going to come up in one of the other top 10 shows of the the year of the decade is The Shield. No drama series reached further with a sure hand week after week, consistently absorbing, exciting, disturbing. An L.A.-based cop show remade the image of the network FX, kickstarted the career of its uh, star Mike Chiklis. It proved that basic cable could compete not only with premium channels, but also with the best in cinema. So I think that's the the next lesson is that uh, more eyeballs are going elsewhere for entertainment. So what you used to think was a sure shot, sure bet, it's not anymore. So shows like The Shield, you know, jumped us, so to speak, jumped the shark. And we said, we no longer have to watch ABC, NBC, CBS. We can find quality programming on the Internet. We can find quality programming on cable. There's quality programming elsewhere. Anyway, 800-345-5639. What show do you think should be in the top ten of the decade? I've got a list for you. So far, I've gone over The Shield. I've hit uh, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart and the CSI. What show do you think should be in the top ten? 
800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, I'm going to talk about job creation. Is it in our plan? Is it in our future? Will we have more jobs? And also, what's going on over at YouTube? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. to Rob Black, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. I know a lot of you are interested in a job. I know that that's out there. It's kind of like public knowledge, right? <laughs> Unemployment's high, so President Obama is going to announce three proposals today intended to turn around the nation's beleaguered job market, including strengthening investments to small businesses that have struggled to expand because of the credit crunch in America. I can speak on that, that small businesses are having a doggone of a time getting a business loan uh, and or keeping their credit with American Express. In good economies, American Express is like, yeah, here's $60,000 small business. Go ahead and pay your payroll and, you know, uh, you can get it back to us in the next month or so and we'll charge you a nice little interest rate on top of it. In this day and age, tighter credit, tighter economy, companies failing, that's 60000 that – uh, American Express was willing to give you is now twenty thousand, and the moment you pay down your twenty to eighteen, they're like, "Well, let's say eighteen's the new number." So companies are are trying to manage cash flow intelligently. So Obama wants to change that. He's set to deliver his latest speech on the economy and present three key priorities. Speech, according to a senior administration official, is going to outline a series of steps to help small businesses grow and hire new staff. President also is going to call for increasing the investment in infrastructure through building. And modernizing highways, rails, bridges, and tunnels. He also said he's going to propose a new program that provides rebates for consumers who retrofit their homes to become a little bit more energy efficient. He says, we don't think there's one silver bullet, one plan, one speech, or one singular piece of legislation that will alone solve double-digit unemployment. He's expected to have his remarks out there today for public knowledge. I threw it out there for you because you're going to be watching it tonight on the news. <sighs> Tax credits. That would help small businesses enormously saying that they don't have to pay state or federal tax on employees or cutting the rate of their corporate tax rate if they hire on that stipulation if they hire. So small businesses would do what's right, and they would probably try to expand their business if they could. Tax law really helps them. Um, Tax laws are really beneficial to small businesses So if they're if they're done correctly. So... 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Going through a list of the top 10 TV shows of the decade. We've hit CSI Crime Scene Investigation, what it meant. You know, CSI Miami, CSI New York. Uh, they've got, you know, a franchise there. We've hit Daily Show with John Stewart, how young people now are starting to get their news elsewhere. Uh, one show you have to hit is Survivor. You know, it, it began with personalities. Rudy. Do you remember Rudy? Old cantankerous Marine Rudy. Who didn't much like the queers. So he, 
He said it on TV and was like, whoa, that's refreshing. There was Richard, there was Susan, the rat. There was the naked Richard, you know, the host Jeff Propes. They didn't know what they were doing in the first season of Survivor. But that changed television in a, in an odd way. Reality competition, uh, Survivor's got the gold standard for it. It's something that's cheap. For them to give away a million dollars, it's like Ted Danson. It used to drive me crazy to look at the cast of Cheers and know that each and every one of them were making $1 million an episode. Now, that's cheap in this day and age. But you could see Norm was making a million. Cliffy was making a million. Diane was making a million. Carla. All of them were making a million dollars an episode when things were all said. Like with the uh, Simpsons, same thing now. You know, the the voice actors are all made. For Survivor, they can get through 13 weeks and pay $1 million total. Uh, You have to pay an arm and a leg Mark Burnett who produces the show, and he's got his unique game show franchise style about it. Uh, but you can see that reality, it's here. It eats up an hour of time. It's a lot like Survivor probably preceded uh, Jay Leno. His move to 10 o'clock, it's just it's a, a numbers issue. Yeah, they can take a beating in the ratings as long as it's still profitable. It's a lot cheaper to produce. How about American Idol? That's a big TV show of the last decade. It's bigger than Simon Cowell's proudly brandished biceps. It's big. I It stuns me that we care about Paul Abdul. It stuns me that we care about a glorified karaoke competition. It stuns me the music industry accepts these people. I don't know. If you watch the recent uh, Grammy Awards. Was it the Grammys? No, it wasn't the Grammys. What award show was that? It was a music award show, and it wasn't the Grammys. But uh, at the end of it, they put on a reality TV star. And uh, winner, second Adam Lambert, second runner-up in American Idol. The crowd didn't dance. The crowd didn't rock. When they put on established 20-year veterans of the music industry, the crowd went nuts. So the industry, they, they kind of turned their back and said, you know, eh. But it sells a lot of records, it sells a lot of iTunes, it sells a lot of downloads, so to speak. So American Idol, without a doubt, has been important. Let's change topics here and get a little bit into... Coming up tomorrow, Stacey Bradford. Who's Stacey Bradford? Stacey Bradford is an author of a parenting and money book. She's tied towards the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal has their own publishing division where they create books on investing, books on real estate, books on parenting and money, books on uh, how to buy a car, things along those lines. They're the best books in the industry. They're really top-notch. They're a little bit dry, but they're the best books in the industry. If you wanted a good source on learning how to invest in mutual funds, the Wall Street Journal has their own line of published books. So she's going to come on tomorrow to talk a little bit about that. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Wall Street's made up of a lot of mergers and acquisitions. And the day of the big acquisition in technology, it's kind of gone. You're not seeing a big company buying another big company. You're seeing big companies who are already enormous, the Cisco's, the IBM's, the Oracle's. They're buying teeny tiny companies. And they're just saying, okay, we want that that business model. We want that that vertical niche, so to speak, that we can't serve with our current programming um, or our current content or our current hardware or our current software. So mergers and acquisitions are teeny tiny. For instance, when Google bought YouTube, that was a pretty big merger. It was a pretty big merger that a lot of people said, how do you make that work? Google bought YouTube for $1.7 billion. And at the time, Google was really just a hodgepodge collection of 
odd videos. And now YouTube is is a wonderful, wonderful source for movie trailers, for music videos, for content, high-end content. I like a lot of the mashups that you can find at YouTube. Mashups meaning that they'll take the scene from Star Wars and they'll they'll play with it. They'll video edit it. They'll they'll change the outcome. They'll have Darth Vader win the war, so to speak. Um, I like the mashups. I'm going to be quite honest. I'm gonna, I like the mashups. I think they make for good television content, which is interesting. People like Jay Leno and David Letterman, they can now take videos from YouTube and use them for content. It shows you you know how far it's come, but yet yet YouTube's got a problem. YouTube has a big problem. How do you make money hosting other people's videos? They've been very, very slow to do it. But YouTube's chief executive, he says ad sales are soaring. He says there's still no word on whether the popular video sharing site's making money. Chad Hurley, he's the YouTube co-founder. He was in Jerusalem yesterday. And he talked a little bit about YouTube channels and how you can have a personal YouTube channel. And, he, you know, he refused to give specifics. But he says the company had two spectacular quarters and that the site gets, you know, more than a billion views a day. And again, that goes back to the TV shows. When we used to watch... ABC, NBC, CBS. Now we're watching YouTube. And sometimes we're watching YouTube on ABC, NBC, CBS. You get the basic idea uh, there. YouTube has been unprofitable, though, since Google bought it for about $1.7 billion three years ago. So Google's had a heck of a time trying to say, uh, here's what it's worth. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Tomorrow we're going to be speaking with Stacey Bradford. Coming up after the break, we're going to be speaking with Matt and Sonoma. 800-345-5639. It's 9, 10 a.m. Rob Black Show. More stimulating talk. Three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. Take a quick look at the markets. I don't look at the markets every minute of the day. I got to be honest with you. Even though my job is in financial media, I don't look at the markets every day. I don't think you should look at the markets every day. I think it's an unhealthy thing to do. Uh, Dow's down one hundred five. Nasdaq down twelve. S and P five hundred down ten. New Obama plans are to spend our way out of the downturn. President Barack Obama outlined major new government stimulus and job proposals, saying the nation must continue to spend to get out of our problems. Very Reagan-esque. Very Reagan-esque. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Matt in Sonoma. Matt? Yes. Hi. Hi. Thanks Thanks for taking my call. A question for you. I have a uh, $10,000 credit card that I have... Maxed, and I was given the option to opt out um, for next to nothing interest-wise, but I de- decided not to do it because I was afraid it would hurt my credit. Uh, is that true? Um, it would hurt your credit a skosh, Matt, just a teeny tiny bit. Um, I'm surprised in this day and age how many people are fascinated with their credit score versus you got $10,000 in credit card debt that's about to be jacked higher. They gave you an option to opt out, basically close your account with them and keep the same low financial rate. But you said, no, keep me on it. 
and jack up my rate, ultimately, is what you decided to do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I don't get you. So, um, my, I should take it. Uh, I personally think so. Any, any oh, Credit is really hazardous to your financial plan. It's really hazardous to getting into retirement. And any credit over 8% is a bad rate. I mean, it's just killing you. You have to work an extra 8%. You have to work more hours. You actually have to work an extra day or two in order to have this right to have credit. Um, my personal opinion is uh, credit's a little bit overrated. Credit scores are a little bit overrated. Matt, if you're going to be buying a house in the next year, worry about your credit score. If you're going to be buying a car next year, worry about your credit score. But other than that, live your life and try to you know get rid of that credit, uh, uh, you know, over 8%. Okay, well, thank you very much. Good luck to you, Matt. Thanks for the call. It's it's fascinating to me how many people are worried about their credit score. Um, I have a house, and I got a car. And I don't care my credit score goes to zero. As long as the next time I buy a house or a car, I get my credit score up. Or if I'm looking for a job. Some employers now will look at your credit score, and if they see that you're a deadbeat, they'll hire her over you. If her score is better than yours. So, yeah. I don't want to downplay credit scores. I do want to downplay credit scores and say that we as a nation focus way too much on it. Let's go to Patrick in San Carlos. Patrick, how are you? Hi, fine, Rob. How are you? Good. How's life in San Carlos, city of fine living? Yeah, I think so. I like living here. Been here for a yeah. while. Okay. I'm a San Carlos. I live in San Carlos. You ever see me around? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I've been working too many hours. So. I, I wear a big sign. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know that already. No, no. I go into sneakers and I go, hey, everyone, look at my badge. Look at my badge that gets me into a TV station. Well, I thought you bad my sneakers a couple of weeks ago saying that's a, it's not a very good place. You never mentioned it, but you said it's a sports bar. It's it's the worst sports bar on the planet. <laughs> I, I think you're talking about that. You know, they play. Not, I don't think they're that bad. They play, uh, you know, uh, Shakira while you're watching, you know, Monday Night Football. There's something wrong with that. The, the, the speakers should be booming with tackles and grunts and and men 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 there should be more testosterone in the in in sneakers and and yet it's a family restaurant which is cute but i don't want my family restaurants to be sports bars well i like the way it is i guess because way you can get my wife to go away from me i like double i like double d's have you ever been to double d's in los gatos no i haven't that's a sports bar that reeks men that reeks testosterone you should visit it double d's i'll write it down yeah and it, it doesn't talk about bra size it's the, the the people who own the company it's like Derek and dick and that's why they came up with double d's but anyway gotcha <laughs> hey my question was on uh, ameriprise uh, uh financial as a uh, company to be invested with to use as an investment uh, advisor yeah um there's two companies there's three pat vitucci there's lpl financial and ameriprise which i find to be rock bottom financial advice it's it's not very good patrick um, it's not so much that it's bad. It's that, let's say, what do you do for a living, Patrick? I'm a manager of a retail store. Okay. Let's say you say, I'm done with retail. I can no longer take it. I give up. You um, read my mail. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, Christmas, it just, it stinks. I hate people. People feel entitled. They, you know, I have to touch stuff that they touch. I don't like, I don't like people. I don't like hiring young people to work here. I don't like, I hate it. And you go, I want to become a financial planner. Um, Ameriprise will hire you. Right today, Patrick, you can go to into any Ameriprise office and they will hire you. If you have a pulse, you're hired. And to me, that becomes a bit of a problem because you think you're getting financial advice and you're getting Patrick, the retail salesperson, who's got one year experience in the market. 
and that bothers me. Um, there's no weeding out process. Um, Ameriprise also does a lot of uh, their favorite fund may be the Touchstone Institutional Fund, and they're going to put you in that fund. Uh, and yet there's other funds out there like the Eagle Cap, the T. Rowe Price Large Cap, the Fidelity Large Cap, the Putnam Voyage, or the White Oak Select Growth. They're very cookie cutter. And Patrick, like you may have a wife who spins like crazy, and you may have a son who's special needs in a wheelchair. They'll still put you in the Touchstone Institutional Fund. Uh, they don't really get to know you on the financial planning angle as well as I think you should be known. Um, how much money are you worth, Patrick, if I may ask? About two. Two million? Plus a, a paid-off home. Okay. You have way too much money to be in a cookie-cutter firm. I don't want you with a bank. I don't want you with an Ameriprise. I think you should work with a financial planner who will get to know you and get to know your situation. Uh, for instance, your wife may fear the market, and Ameriprise will put you into a lot of market exposure, and then that's not a good match. Um, I would work with a financial planner that gets to know you, Patrick, and if you need a referral, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, but I'm not a big fan of Ameriprise. I find their their product to be too cookie-cutter, and uh, t- sometimes it runs for fees, i.e., they'll put you in an annuity with a high fee, or they'll put you in a mutual fund that has a high kickback fee to them. Okay, and, are you, and I'm obviously not aware of that, of that kickback, obviously. Um, they disclose it to you. It's in the fine print. Um, yeah. It's sometimes called a front-end sales charge. And you're like, what's that? And you don't know. Right. So I'm not... You could do better, is what I'm, I'm willing to say to you. Um, you're going with a cookie cutter who's cheap, and you're going with a cookie cutter. If you like your, your advisor, I mean, all the power to you, Patrick. Yeah, well, my advisor is the head of the office he's, uh, that I've been dealing with, and he seems to know me well. But okay. I meet with him about quarterly. Okay. If you, if you feel in the last five years, if you can look back and see that you got five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve percent returns, whatever you're comfortable with, right. that that's appropriate. But again, if he's headed the office, he's not the typical lowly, you know, just quit his job and got a job there. So you may have someone that you you appreciate and someone you like. So I'm not going to kick that relationship out. I'm just not a big fan of Ameriprise for most people. Appreciate your opinion. Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. And if you ever see me around San Carlos, just divert your eyes the other way because I don't like people staring at me. Do you remember when Sylvester Stallone was so popular? There'd be stories that would come out that his staff isn't allowed to look him in the eye. <laughs> you think Sylvester Stallone now begs for people to look him in the eye since he's no longer super popular on top of the world? Okay. One of the people that I dig is Meredith Whitney. I dig her. She's a banking analyst. And this morning she got on television and she talked about, she says she's now bearish, which means she's not in favor of the stock market in general. She might say I'm bearish on financial stocks or she might say I'm bearish on the stock market. She said she's bearish uh, because the government's been supporting the capital markets and they're out of bullets. She says if it's not this quarter, it's next quarter where the sand really hits the fan. And I've never heard that phrase where the sand really hits the fan the sand hits the, isn't the S hits the fan? S-H-I, it's not the sand. She says when the sand hits the fan, an underlying earnings power starts to show that it's not where people expected it to be. She says the consumer is not improving. The S&P 500 will be under pressure. She says today that the repayment of TARP by banks, the toxic asset uh, money that they were given to basically keep them afloat and keep their bank covenants in a whole and in agreement. She says the repayment of TARP by banks makes it clear the government needs money because the states are under so much pressure with their budgets. 
She says the core fundamentals at Bank of America haven't changed, and two-thirds of the modifications at Bank of America can't come up with their documentation. She thinks that this has to give, likely next quarter. So ultimately, she's a little bit bearish on financials. She's a little bit bearish on the stock market and the consumer in the United States. I value her opinion. I take it under advisement. I think she's worth listening to. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. 800-345-5639 is Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. This is my long segment of the show. It's 21, 22 minutes long. It's a long segment. I could use your phone calls. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. I got lots of content, though. So this is where I start to stretch my legs in content. First and foremost, what I think I'm going to start doing during this segment is just take a look at the Wall Street Journal and kind of condense it and tell you, here's what's important in today's Wall Street Journal. I think that's actually a funny idea. Uh, I can read a whole newspaper and I can tell you uh, the top 10 stories. I don't know. I got 10 out of it today, but here's one. For instance, um, regulators are looking at this Juju toy. Juju toy is the hottest toy of the year. If you don't have one, go get one. It's a hamster with a battery in its butt. It crawls around and does cute juju things. It's the hottest toy of the year, but people are starting to wonder, hey, maybe it's got lead. They're, they're starting to look at it. They're starting to look at it. Um, is there an investment there? No. No. It's just, again, one of the fascinations America has with uh, a hot toy. Tickle me Elmo. <laughs> FedEx, they've upped their outlook on global strength. This is in the marketplace section of the Wall Street Journal today. I don't even have to read more than that. I don't have to read more than that. That headline tells me something from investment standpoint. FedEx ups their outlook on global strength. It tells me two things. It's slightly safe to invest in FedEx because they're not lowering their outlook. They're raising their outlook. That type of visibility, Wall Street digs. Another thing in that headline, global strength. Now I could read, you know, deeper into it and figure out, okay, Hong Kong airport, key transshipment hub recently reported its first year-on-year rise in air freight. Okay, so I, I, Asia, right? That's all we need to know. And what's good for FedEx is typically good for UPS. I'm not telling you to go out and invest in them. That would be irresponsible of me to do. Further in the headlines today, airlines appear headed for recovery. Fuller planes, fewer discounted fares, and a decline in fuel prices begin to pay off. They had a difficult year last year. Last year, they were dealing with higher energy prices. They were dealing with a recession. They were dealing with uh, people shopping around, people being a little bit on the thrifty side. So they had too many airplanes. They've been parking airplanes in the desert. So this year, the airline industry appears to be headed towards recovery as fuller planes, fewer discounted fares, lower fuel prices, and revenue from a variety of formerly free services starts to pay off. Remember how the... Uh, they start charging more and more for, you know, things that we used to get for free. 
like a second bag or even a bag in the first place. So anyway, um, it's starting to pay off for the airlines. Now, you can invest in names like U.S. Air. You can invest in Continental. You can invest in names like JetBlue. If, if this story means something to you as far as a rebound goes and you believe that the rebound has legs, i.e. it's going to stretch itself for more than a quarter, Southwest is the dominant player in pickup and traffic, up 11.7% year over year. AirTran up 10.5%. Uh, Alaska up 5.5%. Continental up 2.9%. Delta down 7%. United down 6 tenths of a percent. I will never, ever, ever, never fly on a United flight again. I find their service to be that bad and that appalling. I think it's the worst airline as far as uh, friendliness goes. If I have to, if there's only one flight going from here to where I need to go, I will walk. I will never fly United. Isn't that funny? That's one of the reasons, uh, that's an investment lesson in and of itself. We as a nation become bitter and we hold grudges against awful, awful service. Next story in the Wall Street Journal, and you can interrupt the reading of the newspaper by Rob Black by calling 800 800- Three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. Every now and then, Heidi sends me a little text message during the show. Uh, she's in a different room. I'm in a soundproof room, and we we look at each other. And she sent a message that says Tosh Point uses the YouTube videos. And again, that again that goes back to the story where we're talking about how YouTube is being integrated so well into TV shows at this point in time. If I had a sister, I'd want my sister to be just like Heidi. And I do have a sister, so that's really offensive to my sister, but. Um, Good person, good person with a good sense of humor, which I think we all need as a society. Um, where am I going? Okay, so the next story in the, the Wall Street Journal that really jumped out to me was limited. They smell success at Bath, Body, and Works. Now, I can see a lot in a chart. I can see a lot. I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those people who likes to look at charts. I know you're saying that's kind of sad, Rob. But limited. You know limited, right? They're a shopping mall mainstay. Uh, they're always near the food courts, always near the food courts. I love Limited. Why do I love Limited? Because not only do they sell Limited and Express, you know, where you can go get clothes. It's okay. It's it's, it's sold off those Limited stores and Express chains. So they, they focused on two core brands. What they focused on was Victoria's Secret and Bed, no, Bath and Body Works. Bath and Body Works. Dudes, you can score points with your ladies by going into Bath Body Works and just buy anything. Buy anything in Bath Body Works. Candle, score points. Lotion, score points. So it's easy to say, hey, I've messed up my relationship. Let's go fix it by going into Bath Body Works. And ladies, you want to bring some sex back into your relationship? Go into Victoria's Secret. Don't wear those frumpy, dumpy bras. Get something sexy. Men appreciate that. Um, But that's neither here nor there. So I do love limited brands because it kind of plays off both. It gives men a place to... Fix their relationship and gives women a place where they can fix their relationship on a sexual side of the fence. But uh, limited brands, I can see a lot in a chart. Limited sells $9 billion. Nine, that's a lot of lingerie. A lot of lingerie and candles, right? Um, but taking a look at it, their soap and fragrance chain is starting to pick up. It's producing more than 40% of the profits. Now, if you take a look at a chart, and there's a chart in the Wall Street Journal today from Bath, Body, and Works. And same store sales at Limited. And ultimately, what you could see is 2006, great times, wonderful times. The economy's chugging along. We're doing good. Everything's in the green. It's growing 20% year over year, 10% year over year, 5% year over year. And then 2007, 2000 hit, 8 hit. And you can see the chart suddenly goes negative. So down 5%, down 10%, down 15%, down 10%, down 5%. So you can see the trend is now starting 
to move upwards. Why? Because we have easy comparisons. We know we're going to get so much in candles, and we know we're going to get so much in lingerie each year. There's a, a stay. Now, sometimes you get the bonus years, the, the gravy years, where women are like, let's get 10, 10 sexy new bras instead of three sexy new bras. So you're starting to see the sales trends pick up. And this chart is telling you that limited brands, a lot like the United States, has an easy three to five years, not three to five years, excuse me, one to two years ahead of it. Because they had a really, really rough patch for two years. So the comparisons are pretty darn easy on a year-over-year basis. Let's see if there's anything else. Um, Ah, Kit Kat. I know you're saying, Kit Kat? How is that an investment? Nestle. You could go out buy the Swiss food giant Nestle. Nestle's huge. Nestle is the provider of food to the world. And one of their little products is Kit Kat. So there's an article in the journal today. Swiss food giant Nestle, they plan to use fair trade chocolate. I don't know what fair trade is. What's fair trade chocolate? I don't know. So this article is going to teach me something. And I like to be taught something. Ultimately, what you have is um, Nestle is one of the biggest buyers of cocoa. They unveiled a program to help West African cocoa farmers whose yields have fallen because of aging trees, blights, and recurring wars. Plan includes providing training to farmers and supplying them with millions of disease-resistant plants. Uh, Over the past decade, activists have accused the major chocolate producers of paying poor farmers too little and turning a blind eye to suppliers who use child labor. Nestle has signed on to the global initiative to combat child labor and poor access to health care and cocoa farmers. Now, okay, so that's what free trade, fair trade is all about. Now, Kit Kat is a brand for Nestle. And, you know, it's also the name of what? Does anyone know? Kit Kat is the name of my cat, Kit Kat. So it's cute because they say that cats can hear the K sound really well. The, k- 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 the hard k- so they hear that really well so i named my cat kit cat it's better than naming your cat like gabriel after peter gabriel or better than naming your cat you know pussy fur for you know some cute name that you just want to throw out and see if you can test the limits of radio broadcasting standards um anyway with that said uh kit kat uh, back to kit kat number two chocolate candy uh maker after cadbury uh dairy milk bar uh is there anything else in the story um, oh, oh, Nestle back in the 1970s. Now, Nestle has to play good with the cocoa farmers because back in the 1970s, they made a huge mistake. 1970s era scandal. And again, most of you who are you know under the age of 35 don't even remember this. They sold baby formula to mothers in developing worlds and the scandals, you know, uh, it was tainted ultimately is what you had. And uh, they had to really change their image aggressively, had to focus on changing their image. Is there anything else? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Wall Street Journal. And you can get your calls in the air at 800-345-5639. If anything I've said is interesting to you, if anything I've said is intriguing to you, pick up the phone, 800-345-5639. Let's have a little bit of a conversation. So further in the journal, Baker Hughes drills deep for high-stress bits. Hmm. What's interesting to note about that is... You and I can figure out how to drill in land, but how much can you and I figure out how to drill when it's 400 degrees, when you're going deep into the core of the earth, when you're going, uh, you know, drills that function, you know, at 600 degrees Fahrenheit, high temperature drills. That's, that's a science that I can't figure out. That's a technology that I can't really grasp, so to speak. So Baker Hughes... It's very unique. They supply drills for the drilling industry, and we want more of everything. 
We want more geothermal energy. We want more coal. We want more oil. We want more gold. And how do you get it? You drill for it. It's in the ground. So I like Baker Hughes as a technology because they do something that very few people can do. Research in Motion offer BlackBerry to personal users in China. Now, Research in Motion is fighting an interesting battle. Research in Motion in the United States, they dominated the smartphone market for a period of time. I can't tell you. Isn't it funny, the whole Tiger Woods story? It gets back to the stupid mother effer left stuff on his phone. In this day and age, haven't we learned we don't really want smartphones because smartphones lead to marital problems? We want dumb phones. It's easier to hide your your shortcomings and your your problems. Tiger taken down by a smartphone. Who would have thought? Not a not a pitching wedge. No, not a putter. Uh-uh. But a smartphone. Anyway, research in motion to offer BlackBerry uh, personal users in China. So there's, the story there is there's a lot of there's billions of Chinese, and that's a lot of people who will be buying a phone, right? But China's also known for ripoffs. They're known for knockoffs and, you know, things that look like a BlackBerry phone, but it's not a BlackBerry phone, and things that look like an Apple phone that's not an Apple phone. So China's got a little bit of a, a problem there, or Research Emotion's going to have a little bit of a problem there. And also, they got a bigger problem in the United States. It's the chomp, 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 chomp Apple. So I'm kind of mixed on Research Emotion. I think it's a trading stock. I wouldn't fall in love with it. Mm, I love you so much, baby. Just go wear a Victoria's Secret bra for me, please, baby. I wouldn't fall in love with a BlackBerry investment. I'd trade it. It's not, it's not meant to be there forever and ever. You're listening 9, 10 a.m., Oakland, San Francisco. More stimulating talk. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Interesting story in Wall Street Journal. In this 21-minute segment, I ramble on about something that's important to me, i.e. money. Um, Krispy Kreme donut chain trims loss as revenue slides. Here's what's wrong with America. We enjoy our bread deep fried in a jacuzzi of grease. It's killing us. And yet we'll eat a donut. There's nothing better than Krispy Kreme. Donuts are good. Something we shouldn't eat, but it's good. Let's see. Other stories of note Hasbro today in publicly traded company in Krispy Kreme, publicly traded company. There was a point in time when Krispy Kreme started to uh, grow, and they went to the public, and they they uh, got shares of the company, uh, and they issued them to the public, and they grew their chain, and you know people thought, oh, you know, invest in the company. And the stock went crazy, but in the end, they just sell donuts. They don't sell chicken donuts. They don't sell steak donuts. They don't sell donuts on a stick. They just sell donuts. So we kind of got crazy with that story because we love donuts. Anyway. Hasbro, publicly traded company, they're going to make and market toys and games based on Sesame Street characters. Elmo, Big Bird, Cookie Monster, beginning in 2011. Hasbro rival Mattel, they currently make Sesame Street toys under its Fisher-Price brand under a deal lasting until 2010. Hasbro will start making the toys. So Hasbro is going to get Elmo, Big Bird, and Cookie Monster in 2011. Product, Sesame Workshop is a non-profit educational organization that provides local Sesame Street programs seen in more than 140 countries. What's interesting to note about this is, again, that teaches us a lesson of some things really stay around for a long period of time. I watched Big Bird when I was a kid. I watched Mr. Snuffleupagus when I was a kid, and I always wondered, what's wrong with that thing? He's freaky. He scared me. Mr. Snuffleupagus was like just a creepy character. I didn't like him. wasn't friendly. Cookie Monster. I could get behind Cookie Monster. Oscar the Grouch, probably my favorite Sesame Street character. And today, my kids' kids 
my kids will watch Sesame Street, and my kids' kids will watch Sesame Street. So there's a brand there that works forever. And the best way of me explaining it would be Cinderella with Disney. Every little girl wants to be a princess, right? Halloween, it's a very popular co- uh, costume. She, she's 60 years old, and she's still hot. They keep coming out with, you know, uh, Cinderella on Laserdisc, Cinderella on Betamax, Cinderella, you've got one day left to get Cinderella on DVD before we put her away forever. So they keep bringing this woman out. They work her to death. and She's not aging. It's product that, you know, if I have a daughter, she'll watch Cinderella. And my daughter's daughter would watch Cinderella. So some product can stay around forever and ever. Let's go to Bob in Sunnyvale, 800-345-5639. Thanks for calling, Bob. Uh, hi, Rob. Uh, happy to talk to you. Uh, here's my question. Uh, just curiosity. Uh, you often talk about Fidelity and Vanguard. I'm a real fan of Vanguard because of their expenses, their no-load. Uh, I know Fidelity certainly has more uh, sector and probably variety, um, but uh, I'm curious. You seem to push uh, Fidelity more than Vanguard. Um, any reason for that, or it's- is that just a perception? I think it's perception. I think Fidelity and Vanguard are top-notch firms. I would work with either of them. Um, T. Rowe Price is another fund family that I think is top-notch with low-cost fees on on the funds that they sell you. Um, I think you can get all you need from any of the three of them. And uh, I got no problem with Vanguard. I, I like John Bogle, and I like what Vanguard's done in the years to get cost out of the financial industry and pass the savings on to you, the average consumer. Well, great. So Thank you. So, Bob, I have a question for you. Yeah. You're damn perky. You got a happy voice. You got this like, hey, everything's chipper. <laughs> where, where do you get that energy? Well, I'm, uh, okay, I'm semi-retired. Okay. Uh, very happy with life uh, okay. because of uh, kind of following the philosophy you talked about. Um, you know, just keep throwing it in there in the IRAs. Uh, uh, totally where we, where we want to be. Uh, life is good uh, to me. Uh, I mean, life is fantastic. Uh, retirement, by the way, if you uh, have a little bit of finances, is the most underrated activity there is. You enjoying retirement? Oh, love it. And you got enough money because you maxed out the IRAs. You, you continued to fund them for 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, what, do you, what are you spending your retirement money on, grandkids? Uh, no, we have two sons, no grandkids. Um, actually, I'm not even uh, doing the – we're not even bouncing into the IRA uh, – just with uh, Social Security, and I do a little part-time uh, consulting. And, uh, you know, uh, our wants are pretty simple. We travel when we want to. I have a lot of activities that I do. Uh, so does my wife. I mean, it's just life is good. Where do you travel as a retiree? Um, <clears throat> well, personally, I, I go to uh, Baja, California quite a bit because I do a lot of free diving spearfishing. Uh, my wife and I together, I mean, you know, we've been uh, to Europe. We've been to South America um, kind of, kind of those places. So we've been to uh, um, Northern Africa. I mean, just very you know, cool, very yeah. cool. When you, what's free diving mean? Does that mean you have oh, a tank? Uh, breath holding, uh, going in the water without scuba, breath holding. That's so, crazy. Holding your breath, and and and, and I do it. Uh, I go spear fishing. Do you spear? Do you use a gun spear fishing, or do you yeah. use like the rubber band type? Yeah, the rubber band type gun. Uh, do it on the California coast. Do it in Baja. Do it in Hawaii. Uh, Recently, I did it in Palau, and and uh, basically, I just get you know we get it fish to eat, and it's a very uh, ecological way to get fish because uh, you see what you get, and you get only uh, what appeals to you. You know what's kind of interesting? I can't tell the difference in fish. Like when I'm underwater, they all look the same to me. You know, fish is a fish, but you you have an eyeball for what you want to eat, right? Absolutely. 
That's pretty cool. I wish I, you're a man. I wish I could go underwater and hunt what I'm going to eat, but I have to go to the, the local fish market. Well, just, just when you're in front of the counter, hold your breath. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> That's funny. Thanks for the call, Bob. Take care. I dig Bob. Bob can call in. He's a retiree that I dig. Um, to me, Bob sounds a little bit like John Glenn. You know, John Glenn's the most underrated senior citizen of all time. He's 75-plus years old, and he goes to space. He doesn't whine about his hip. He doesn't whine about arthritis. He goes to space. Bob spearfishes, and thanks for the call, Bob. I, I super appreciate it. Um, so John Glenn is the, the retiree that I want to be. Uh, Bob, pretty good, too. He's going to Africa. He's, he's uh, going spearfishing. Um, I don't want to be a, a whining old man, but, you know, getting old does have its advantages, you know? For instance, I was at a grocery store, and, and I had my groceries, and some old lady comes. I just I turn my back to grab something, and she takes my grocery back, uh, my cart, and she just starts walking with it. I'm like, hey, lady, what's up? Like, you took my cart. And she just goes, oh, 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 and walks away. When you're old, you're allowed to mess up and, and just go, oh. Oh, oh, oh. When I mess up, it's my career. My boss will be in here, you know, putting the screwdriver into my head. You can't do that. You can't do that. But when you're old, you can steal other people's grocery carts and just go, oh, 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 oh. And what's up with getting old and gems? The older you are, the more naked you can be. I work out at the tennis club here in San Francisco, and uh, I, I, I'm I, modest. You know, I, I go into the shower with a towel, go in the steam room with a towel, cover my junk up. Don't have to look at other people's junk. But when you're 70 years old, well, you're 60, you're like, hey, everyone, look at me. I'm dancing. I'm dancing in the in the changing room. Like, don't do that. And then you're 70, you're like, you know, you're starting to show people your prostate. Like, hey, look at this. I don't want to see that. Cover your junk up. But I will admit, when I'm in, restaur- when I'm in restrooms, I kind of like to peek at other guys' stuff. Kind of like, hey, I, I'm better than him. Or I think it's a, a hobby of men. So, and I think it gets worse as we age. So, anyway, Bob hunts for his own fish. And he, his question was, do I like Vanguard? I, I like Vanguard very much. Um, I like, you know, it's sometimes I just can't say Fidelity and Vanguard and T. Rowe Price because it kind of becomes a drumming sound. And finally today in the Wall Street Journal, CNN, CNN, they're investing in neighborhood news feed. Now, aren't they, you know, cable national news? Isn't that the whole basic idea? CNN is investing in a company called Outside.N. It's a startup that feeds neighborhood blogs and other local news and information to websites of newspapers, TV stations, and other media. For instance, uh, the Chicago Tribune uses it. And if you live in, let's say, Santa Clara, and there's a missing child, that'll instantly hit a blog and it'll instantly be fed to Santa Clara. So if you're in Santa Clara looking for that news, you'll find it. So CNN's becoming what's called local local. The best part of the TV station that I work for is that it's incredibly local. Uh, we don't do a lot of national news. We don't have the budget to do a lot of national news. So what, what's being reported on is what's in your neighborhood more often than not. Now, MSNBC and NBC Universal, Microsoft, this summer they acquired a website called EveryBlock, which feeds crime reports and restaurant health inspections to news organizations. I love that about Southern California, by the way, when you can walk into a restaurant and see what their cleanliness report is. I love that. I think that so should be done in Northern California. Um, CNN, which is part of Time Warner's Turner Broadcasting, it plans to carry outside.in. It dispatches its own website. The biggest push into local news so far by one of the most popular national news outlets. So, again, the, the landscape is shifting ever so slightly. 
website if you want to take a look at it. It's kind of intriguing. It's outside.n. It's outside.n. To get your calls in the air, it's easy. It's free. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. And if you're an old person, don't steal my grocery cart. But Bob hunts for his own fish. That's the coolest thing I've heard in a while. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.